Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Our sponsor today is Molly and Lily. Molly and Lily's founder, Joanne Lord, was our first podcast guest and is our most listened to episode. She's a VIP and more importantly, a cancer warrior and survivor. Joanne is hosting a fundraiser for breast cancer research on October 24th at 9 a.m. PST with the amazing trainer, Alex Scalari. A donation of $50 and above gets you one of Molly and Lily's famous scarf masks, and they're featured in Travel Leisure, in Glamour Magazine, and Us Weekly. Joanne's scarf mask is also available at Nordstrom.com and MollyandLily.com. Look for the link in our show notes. Hello, warrior women. It's October, so you know what's on my mind, breast cancer. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and even though we are in COVID, you have to get those boobies checked. So many amazing cancer warriors listen to this podcast. I love hearing from you guys. You're so brave. You're such warriors. I mean, some women are even battling cancer in the middle of this pandemic, which is unimaginable. My heart goes out to you. I'm with you. I want you to know I'm thinking of you, and I'm praying for your healing, and I'm hoping that this podcast uplifts you and lets you know you are not alone because you're not. And in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, my guest today shows us and shares with us how her resilient journey led her to a lifelong commitment to bring a life-saving technology to the world. But first, have you left us a positive review of this podcast yet? Please do it. I'd be so grateful. Everyone that writes a review has entered into a drawing to win my fabulous leopard slippers, and you know you want those. So please leave us a positive review because that's how we go up in the rankings. That's the way the whole thing works. You guys know. On to our sponsor. Our second sponsor today is Liftique. Liftique is the first and only integrated plastic surgery and urogynecology practice with a unique triangular offering to help women look, feel, and live better and be happy and feel secure at any age that they are. Their unique Liftique blush offers vaginal rejuvenation and urinary incontinence health issues without surgery. Liftique is breaking the stigma about vaginal health and allowing women to talk and find solutions. Liftique is founded by Meryl Kern, a Southern California-based businesswoman, philanthropist, and breast cancer survivor. Meryl's main goal is to help patients look and feel their best by providing convenient and affordable access to the latest FDA-approved medical technologies. She has a one-stop integrated destination where women can receive support and solutions to help them live their best life. Merrill also started the Merrill Kern Survivorship Program, offering psychological and psychosocial programs for women going through treatment as well as post-treatment to help those struggling with the physical and emotional effects after treatment. No one tells us what they prepare for after treatment, the depression, the isolation, the fear, and the physical effects we now have to live with. That's what Merrill says. Go to liftique.com to find out more. That's L-I-F-T-I-Q-E, liftique. It 
If you want to spend some more time with me, go to thewarriormoms.co. On that website, you can find articles and fun things. And you know what? You can sign up for my e-blast and I can come visit you in your email. I know you want to see me there too. Okay, on with the show. I am so honored to welcome Angela Barnes to the podcast today. Angela's Clinic Kavina is bringing life-saving technology to women for early detection of breast cancer. Opening this clinic in the middle of a pandemic has not been easy, but watching her best friends battle with stage four cancer after a clean mammography solidified her commitment to bring this technology to the world. Angela is a warrior mom of three, and my gosh, she is she is a friend to all cancer warriors. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. My first podcast ever. I, I cannot believe this is your first podcast. I told you, you're, you're going to be ruined because we're going to have so much fun today that you're going to be like, these are how podcasts are. And then you're going to do another one and be like, that was not that great. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to be here and I'm glad I get to cut my teeth with you. You're already so fun. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like everyone who comes on this podcast, I vet everybody out. I always want to make sure that there's going to be like kind of a good chemistry. And when we talked, I was like, we are going to have such a good, like, I just love you. I'm, and I love what you're doing. So I just thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited to share all the work you're doing because it's incredible. So, but I'd like to go back to the beginning, Angela. You know, I like to know people. What was your dream for yourself as a young girl? What did you want to be? Well, yeah, it like life has all these twists and turns. What's really funny is I didn't have a large maternal instinct as a young woman. And so ironically, my early self always envisioned my name with lots of fancy letters behind it. And I would be this, you know, CEO of some major corporation. And then I went to school, got all the degrees, and then promptly became a mom unexpectedly. And (laughs) that little boy flipped my world upside down and just redirected my focus and my priority. And so really for the last 22 years, I've predominantly been really a stay-at-home mom. I've worked a lot in women's ministry and done a lot of other projects. I'm one of those, you know, busy people. (laughs) So I always have my... Yeah, I always had my hands in something and have really dedicated the bulk of my adult life to women and coming alongside women and mentoring women and coaching women. That's just my heartbeat. And I've been through a lot of difficult things and loss in my life. And so there's just that heartbeat in me to come alongside women. But then this unexpected, um, another unexpected twist um, I just sent my baby off. My youngest just took to college last week. And oh so God. I am one week into empty nesting. Haven't had my major breakdown yet. I'm sure it's coming. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think God in his goodness put this project in my lap um, six months to empty nesting. And it really is a lifelong dream of mine to be in the marketplace and to have um, a different experience, to use another part of my brain and my giftings. Um, I think what I didn't fully appreciate until this moment in my life is how my values and the the missional side of this, it goes far beyond a business, quote unquote business. Yes. Is this a business? Yes, it is. But it is far beyond that for me. What the why for me behind this is saving lives. And so I I just, I wake up every day saying, pinch me. I can't believe that I'm the one that gets to put my hand in this plow and make not only my personal dream a reality, but in doing so, 
to have the opportunity to potentially save lives is beyond my imagination. So, yes. I mean, it's incredible. But we have to get we have to get into it. We have to get into it. So, yeah. Tell me what led you to Kavina? Because here you are, you're a stay-at-home mom. You did all your business stuff. Let's <laughs> see, that's what happens. You did all your business I stuff. Know. Then you became a mom. And guess what? That business background is coming right back at you. Yes. I know. I know. Uh, tell, I, me, tell me, how did this even come about? Yeah. I mean, how real do you want to get? Do you want to get pretty real? I want to get real. What do you mean? All right. The only well, way to be, that's know. real. You know, it's, it's a, a TMI moment maybe, but I, I have breast implants. I'm a woman with breast augmentation. And, you know, years ago when I went in for my yearly mammogram, I'm 48 years old. So I've been getting yearly mammograms now for a while. Um, one of the things that they have you do, if you're a woman with breast augmentation, you're well familiar with this. If you've had a mammogram is you sign a waiver just kind of releasing them of liability of the potential of, of rupture if the implant gets um, displaced or ruptured and or a, it could potentially obscure the images of the mammography. And I had signed that waiver and not really thought much of it many years in a row. And then this one particular year, I had that kind of gut check moment where I was just stopped flippantly signing the little clipboard that was shoved in my lap. I kind of just paused and I was like, the fact that I'm having to sign this probably means something. And maybe I should educate myself as to why I'm being asked to sign this waiver. And what, if you're talking about early detection, what else might I, what else should I be doing to ensure that? That's I- just insane because I think of how many things I sign. You're right. Every time I go to the doctor's office and I got to tell you, I'm like, I've become like nose blind. You know, I just like start signing. Uh, like I'm probably like giving them my car and, and <laughs> they're probably in my will now. I don't know, but you're so right. Like that's a really a big aha moment. You're thinking, wait a minute. They're yeah. basically telling me they're not totally sure what they're going to see because I have implants. That's what they're telling me. Right. Or more importantly, what they might not be seeing. What are they, they might miss something. Right. And so that was honestly, I mean, and this goes to another piece of human nature. Um, that was several years ago. I filed that concern in the back of my head and quite frankly, didn't do much with it. I had intended on researching and Googling and never got around to it until this year. And I was researching something else regarding breast health. And I found myself on a Facebook support group. And in a thread, you can call it coincidental, I call it providential, but I found myself on this thread and these two women were discussing breast imaging and breast implants. And this word, sonocine, like jumped off the page. And it was their discussion regarding this new technology called automated whole breast ultrasound and how it worked with women with breast implants and women with dense breast tissue. So I immediately, of course, went straight to the Sonocine website, started researching and Googling what this technology is. I had never heard of it before. And in that... Google search. And in that day, I mean, my husband, honestly, he left for work that morning. It was before COVID. So we were all still going to work um, outside of the home. I was still in my um, pajamas with my laptop crisscrossed with my cup of coffee. And he came home from work 10 hours later. And I was still in that same spot with my laptop and my 
now cold cup of coffee. Um, and I basically just went down a rabbit hole of information that day regarding dense breast tissue, how mammography fails women with dense breast tissue, how women with implants are at a greater risk of, of missing early detection, and really researching everything I could get my hands on regarding this whole breast ultrasound. Um, but in that moment, I kind of had a sucker punch moment where in one of the many stories I was reading, it was a, about a woman who had gone in and had her yearly mammogram, had gotten the letter saying she was fine, and then later found out she actually had late stage cancer that the mammogram had missed. And in that moment, I had that like realization that this was my friend's story. One of my very best friends uh, had this exact thing had happened to her a year earlier. And I got chills all over my body. I picked up the phone, called my friend, confirmed with her, do you have dense breast tissue? And she said, yes. And I said, is this why they think- the exact same story. She had gotten a clean mammography. Yes. And And then they said, you have stage four? Well, originally it was stage two um, when they first, so what happened was she went in for her mammogram, got the clean bill of health, and then about eight or 10 weeks later, she felt a lump. And honestly, at first she ignored the lump because she had just had her mammogram and they had just told and her why she- why would you think? Right. And she has fibrous tissue and she has lumpy, bumpy breast tissue. And she thought, well, it's probably just a cyst. It's probably not a big deal. So unfortunately, she waited a little bit to go get it checked because she had that false sense of security that there really wasn't anything to be concerned about. She eventually, at at the request of a friend, went and got um, got it double checked with an ultrasound, and unfortunately, it did turn out to be stage two breast cancer at that point. So she went through what many of your listeners have probably endured. You know, she did um, chemo and endured a double mastectomy and reconstruction and the whole thing. It was a year and a half of hell. And really had felt like she was on the other side of her cancer battle, um, only to have had an odd pain in her back um, a few months later and went in and had a PET scan done. And she, unfortunately, it had spread to her bones. And so now she's battling a stage four cancer diagnosis. It's now in her bones. And so she is the most brave, amazing, I'm going to try not to tie, I will cry. One of the hardest, most painful things to watch as as someone you love go through something this hard, but even more so knowing it could have been prevented. And so when I found out about this technology and realized it could have spared her what she's facing right now, it's just like it lit a fire under me. I and the more I researched, the more I came to understand that this, this technology has been around. It's been FDA approved for over 10 years, but it has failed to... Then what is going on? Yeah, I know. It's, oh, oh that's, that pisses me off to death. Really? It's been... Yeah. So what is the reason though? That, that Why are you the... Like, first of all, I'm glad you're the one. But why has nobody else taken this on? Oh, I ask that question every day, Liz. Why am I the one? I mean, surely oh, I know why you're the one. Much smarter than me should be. Um, no, no, at, no, no, at this uh, the front of this battle. But you know, I the the inventor of the machine. His name's Dr. Kevin Kelly. He's an amazing man. He's a 78 year old breast radiologist. He's literally given his entire uh, professional career to breast imaging and doing the best he could possibly do in in creating early detection for women and saving their lives. 
But back in the late 90s, he started to see this exact thing that I described my friend's journey to you, um, where he was doing mammograms, not seeing anything, and women were back in his office months later with late-stage cancers. And it, it he couldn't figure out why, and it really sent him on this journey to figure out a better way to screen women who fall into these categories, which which most people don't know was 50% of women. I need you to wrap your head around that. that. That really shocked me when you told me that because I have dense breast tissue. And the last time I went in, they made me do an ultrasound, which by the way, was insanely painful. I thought a mammogram was hell. But the <laughs> ultrasound, I don't know how they could have pushed hard. Literally, I don't even know. I, I felt like they were trying to make them into pancakes. P.S. They're quite large. I was like, what are you doing? It's not going anywhere. Um, but they, but they, they had done that this last time and it was endless. It was a very long appointment. They were looking around and listen, great. They're thorough. That's amazing. But you were saying even ultrasound is not as good as what this is. Yes. So that what you're describing is what you're, what you would call a handheld diagnostic ultrasound. So for many, you know, women on listening, you know, if you've had a baby, you've gone in and you've had prenatal, it's the tech holding the wand and pushing and you know, putting the wand where they want to see better. That's, that is a handheld diagnostic ultrasound. The difference between that and what Sonocine is and what Dr. Um, Kelly has created is an automated ultrasound machine. So what this does is it's a machine that takes thousands, three to 5,000 images um, per breast but it's not necessarily guided by the tech. I mean, the tech guides the probe, but it's an automated machine. And so it captures so many more images and they're really, it takes the fallibility of the tech out of the equation. Not only that, it it gets all of the breast tissue. If any of you have had a mammogram, you know that the only part of your breast that's being images is the tissue that they can physically pull away from the breast, your chest wall. Um, the Sonocine, you're laying on your back on a bed. It's very relaxing. I like to tell people it's relaxing. It's relaxing. It's like a breast massage. I mean, I don't know that many of you want to have your breast massages. I don't know, but, um, it's very gentle. There's no compression. There's no squeezing. There's no poking. Um, they squeeze that warm kind of jelly over you. You wear a cami, so there's some modesty to it as well. Um, and then the, the, um, ultrasound gel goes over that but they can scan all the way up under your um, underarm so they can get all that tissue because breast tissue isn't just what's in our bra. It's along your back. It can go along your back. It can go up under your, um, your underarm. It goes all the way up onto your clavicle, up, you know, on your higher chest wall. And so they can get a truly thorough exam with this ultrasound machine. And it is gentle. I flew down to California in June in the middle of the pandemic when no one was supposed to be traveling. I (laughs) sat down there with a girlfriend. I said, I've got to experience this for myself. If I'm going to promote this and I just need to see it in action. And so I flew down, got to spend a couple days with Dr. Kelly and his clinic, hear his story, learn more about his journey and experience this technology for myself. Um, And so what I found out Honestly, when I was down there, I was shocked to find out I had dense breast tissue. I didn't even know I had dense breast tissue. I knew I had augmentation and that I had concerns for myself because of that. But in addition to having augmentation, I actually have dense breast tissue as well, which puts but does me in- it help? Does it help also with, sorry to interrupt you, does it also help? So I know it helps with dense breast tissue, but does it also help if you have implants? Is it better for things like that? 
it is, they can get better imaging of the breast tissue um, because it can actually go all the way through the implant. So right, you'd have to kind of see, you're not compressing anything. So the way that the imaging works, the, the implant doesn't obscure the imaging of the breast tissue like it does when you're using compression and a mammography. And it's just different technology. It's using sound waves over x-rays, which just are are better in that situation to be able to see through an implant and to be able to determine um, what's really in the breast tissue when you've got I mean, it. And why do we even need this heart? Because let me just say the pain of these stupid mammograms having your boob in a clamp. I literally, I'm in a bad mood all day afterward. It hurts. I mean, can't we all just get this or is it really just more, you, you really need to do it if you have dense breasts or, or should this be sort of what we're doing? Well, it's FDA approved. I mean, technically it's FDA approved as an adjunct to mammography. But what I would say to women is the nice thing about this is it has zero negative impact to the body. There's no radiation. There's nothing toxic about this to your body. So for a lot of women, this is the other concern I have is for many women who know they have a family history or know that, or maybe they just want to be on the front end and be proactive in their health. Most, most women aren't starting to get their mammograms until they're into their forties. Between 40 and 45 is the average age women begin their getting mammograms. But if you look at the statistics, the, the biggest killer of women ages 35 to 55 is breast cancer. So you're talking, you're almost one decade into this age where you should be doing proactive health screening and you're not. Most women aren't. Um, and if you get cancers in your 30s, the mortality rate is actually higher than than when you get it when you're later. Earlier cancers um, tend to be more invasive and more aggressive. So what I love about this technology is you can self-refer. You don't need you don't need a doctor to give you a, a little special piece of paper. You could access this technology and get this scan and self-refer. And so women who want to start getting a baseline in their 30s could do that without any radiation exposure. With you know, you could do this when you're pregnant. You could do this. Um, so for those women, I'd say do this before you start getting a mammogram in your forties. It, it gives you many years of good, thorough early detection before you might want us, because they don't really want us doing mammograms too early because of the radiation exposure. So the and nice thing- really the only reason. And I mean, insurance and all the things, right. you know, there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, there's a whole, there's a whole political thing there that oh, I don't want to touch, but, um, but the nice thing is, is you, you can get some good early detection and not have that radiation exposure, but definitely for women that fall, those 50% of women that fall into this higher risk category where you, and you're, th this is the thing when you go and get a mammogram and you do fall into one of these higher risk categories and you're, let's say you have a family history or you have dense breast tissue and your doctor suggests getting supplemental imaging, most women don't know what their options are. Most women, the only real other option that is offered to most women is a diagnostic ultrasound, which you experienced, which is not adequate to do the entire breast. That's more for zeroing in on a specific area that looks suspicious. That's not, you're not going to go and have 
a, a handheld ultrasound, whole breast ultrasound usually. So the next best option is a breast MRI, which if you think an, a mammogram is miserable, try a breast MRI. Oh my God. You have to go in, you have an intravenous injection of something called gadolinium, which is a heavy metal toxin reverse imaging, you know, it's, it's not healthy for you. And so for that to be a, a, another yearly diagnostic tool, isn't healthy for most people. And it's certainly not financially feasible for most people. Yeah. I have several friends. I've heard all the horror stories now after talking to so many women of what they have to go through to get a, a breast MRI approved by insurance. I have a friend who has, has had two different occurrences of cancer, family history, dense breast tissue, and she still couldn't get insurance to cover her breast oh, MRI. Yeah, I can't with these stupid it, insurance companies. I it, and so all that to say, to offer something, to have this be in the world where women can access an, a supplemental way of screening their breast tissue, and honestly, a better way to screen breast tissue if you fall into one of these risk categories, it just is insane. And so, you know, for 10 years, Dr. Kelly has been trying to bring this technology into the world, but he's a practicing doctor. I mean, he still spends all day, every day seeing patients. And, you know, I don't think he's had an advocate, someone who's really wanted to, this is what I've told. We've had a lot of conversations, him and I, and his wife, his beautiful wife, Carol, who's honestly, just the steam behind Sonocine. Um, but her and I've had a lot of really frank conversations about why and how is this not standard of care? How has this not become mainstream? And it's hard. It's hard to compete against a GE and a Siemens. Um, there's some really big medical device well, companies. That's my next thing with you. Yes, I, I, you are you are one woman. Right. You are a mom. You are ministering some ladies. You got your business. Re- how, what have been the roadblocks? Like, how in the world have you been able to even get this accomplished? I don't even understand. Like, this is amazing that it's that your clinic is opening, right? Like, it's opening in 2021. Yep, we're okay. opening in January. We're actually already taking appointments in January. We're I'm so- going to make an appointment. <laughs> I'm making it. I'm not. In, you think I'm kidding? I want. I will. I will come. Where Where are you? You're in. You're in Washington. We are in Washington State. We're in a, a sweet little town called Liberty Lake, Washington, which is about okay. halfway between Spokane and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Okay, and- I'm coming. Yes. And Coeur d'Alene is a gorgeous resort town. So make it a vacation. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm coming. So put me on the list. Not kidding. I'm making an appointment. Um, but tell me, yes, what have been the roadblocks for you? Like doing this, I mean, you really don't have this background and you are not a doctor and you had to go up against these giants. Like how did, in the world, like what were the roadblocks that you came up against? You know, this is where being a little naive and tenacious I don't know. It's either the the best thing in the world or I'm just an idiot. I don't know. Because for me, Liz, I looked at this and I thought, yes, I could have seen a thousand roadblocks where this is not, I'm not, I'm not credentialed. This is too big of a job. This is going to take more money than I have access to. I mean, I could have probably seen all all the very obvious reasons why I'm not probably the best person to do this. And yet, honestly, when I looked at it, it's, it looks so, so simple. I'm like, there's a problem. Here's a solution. This shouldn't be this difficult. And the one ingredient, which I know you'll appreciate given your platform and how you view women is 
in one of the conversations I had um, with Dr. Kelly was, you know, the things that they had tried, the things that they had tried to do in the 10 years to bring this to market. And, and they were all good things. Nothing, it, it's not that they weren't good things, but they were all like marketing to the hospitals, marketing to the medical professionals, educating medical professionals. It was all these traditional ways of trying to break into into medical device sales and and trying to disrupt. This is hugely disruptive. It's not only disruptive to to medical device sales, it's hugely disruptive to the whole business of oncology because there is, I don't want, I mean, we can get into it, but there's a a lot of money made in mastectomies and radiation and chemo. And there's, this would be a a massive disruption to a lot of things. Um, So they were going through, trying to really bring this to market in very traditional ways. And the one thing I just kind of grabbed, you know, I was, I remember one of our Zoom calls, our first Zoom calls together. And I said, the one thing though we haven't tried is telling women about this and letting women tell other women about this because women, when they know something and it's powerful and life-changing, they make sure sure every other woman they know knows about it. I mean, heck, I do that with lip gloss. I do that with mascara. Would I not do it with something that could potentially save the life of my best friend or my mom or my cousin or my auntie? And so I said, let's just try, let's just try building a company that is built by a woman for a woman. And the messaging is word of mouth, woman to woman to woman to woman. Let's try that. I mean, that's so true though. We like, we do everything we share. And by the way, that's like a joke between my friends. I started putting links up on all my social media because people would be like, where'd you get those leopard slippers? And I'm like, I'm putting the link up there. Or like, I would be like, I had a phone charger. I have this one phone charger. I'm not kidding. I'm obsessed with it because it leans and it's sick. And they're like, where'd you get that? I'm like, here's the link. Like, I mean, so yes, we are those people. All we do is, oh, I love that shirt. Oh, blah, blah. I mean, like we do that. So that's what we naturally do. So you're right. We are the best people to take this message out there. And that is why I'm so excited to have you on today because some other women right now are going crazy like me. I, and I think that's, I'm banking everything on that, that I, because the one thing I have spent my lifetime doing is, 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 is women. I know women and I know how women love I know how women care for other women, how they cheer one another on, and they don't let another woman fall through the cracks if they can help it. And so that's, I'm banking this whole idea on that reality um, because to try to turn this medical system around is like trying to turn the Titanic. And so oh I think- Oh my God, yeah, I think, you know, You just have to cut your own road. You can't oh, turn yeah. people around. So I really believe, honestly, that's, for this technology to become standard of care in, in our country, um, that it's probably going to be grassroots. It's going to be women demanding that they have access to this kind of technology, that they actually take this information back to their own doctors who might not even know about it. And, and honestly, it'll, it'll probably be patients educating their own family doctors, their own OBGYNs and saying, hey, I heard about this thing. Um, do you know about it? And I really believe over time as women take hold of this messaging that I really do believe over time, we really could change standard of care and have this be really available to any woman. And who will you, yeah. Will you do other clinics? That's my goal. So we're kind You'll of open this one. 
Yeah, we're opening this one in January. We're beta testing this model to see, like, build it, will they come? And if they do, which I, I really believe they will, the more and more I talk to women and hear their stories of what, what they've even walked through or what their loved ones have walked through, I'm realizing how common this is, which is really strange to be 48 years old and to be stumbling upon something that's been a, a real trauma to a lot of women. And I didn't even really... I was uneducated myself that this was as big an issue as it really is and how many women who are battling late stage uh, breast cancer battles are um, could have been prevented. And so that is my goal. My goal is to get this first one up and going early 2021. And then as we kind of can put some weight on, I mean, I don't want to um, expand beyond what, what has been tested, but as soon as we have a real sense of our systems and protocols and the need, I really want to find other women in other cities and regions in our country who would want to lock arms with me. And I would help them open uh, Kavina clinics in their area um, and empower women to have bring this technology to the women in their community as well. I love this. And I may be your person. We'll have to see. Um, well, yes. it remains to be seen. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me, your husband is one of your greatest supporters, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned him before, but your road to finding each other was not easy. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, my goodness. Which, yeah, it probably goes to why when I see something like this, I'm like, oh, piece of cake. We can handle breast cancer. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't mean to belittle the battle of breast cancer. But no. um, Yeah, I was married. I I went to college, um, married a sweet Christian boy and um, really just had the same you know, stars in your eye, idealistic view of how my, my, my world and my journey um, would play out. And um, I had three kids in three and a half years, which is a little bananas, but I had, everyone says, I can't believe you had your kids that close together. I had really easy babies. I, um, they were just like the sweetest and easiest. And so I just kept every time one of them turned one years old, I got pregnant. (laughs) I mean, good for you. Good. Oh, I know. Um, but my my third one actually was a, a doozy, not because of his personality, but he was born with some real hard uh, medical issues. And so that, that was a real point of tension for me. And my husband at the time had a job where he traveled a lot. And, um, and yeah, I... Honestly, this this part of my story, it could be like a rom-com, like one of those. No, like, when you told me this, I was like, what? Yeah. I, no, I almost like, needed you to explain it because I was like, what are you talking that, about? It, I mean, it was just shy of getting dumped on a sticky note. Like, <laughs> just, it's close. It's close. I mean, it was New Year's Eve and he had said, get a babysitter. We're going out because we didn't, I didn't get to get out very often at that time in my life because my son could only be watched by one or two people that I knew. And because um, he had all this stuff that we had to deal with medically. And so I was all dressed up, ready to go. And he never came home. Can you believe it? Like, I know. I would be terrified. I'd be like, he's dead. Well, and that's, first I'm like, you go through all the emotions. You're like, okay, is it, you know, okay, he's late. You know, it's Spokane in the winter and there's snow everywhere. So I was like, oh, maybe he's gotten a car accident. Or so I, I, I did, I called the hospitals. I called the police station. Like, 
And then as the evening progressed, it all started to like come together, really what was happening. And he was gone for over a week. I didn't know where he was. So what was happening? He just took off? He had had a relationship that he had was a part of that I was unaware of. And he took New Year's Eve to be the day that he... So <laughs> why would he have you get ready to go out? And then I'm so confused by this. I don't know either. It was just... I don't know. To this day, I don't know. But I remember back in that season in my life when Oprah was still on TV. And I remember watching Oprah interview these women saying, you know, they would be telling their stories of their husband's infidelity. And, and I, and I would always be the person sitting on the couch, like, really, you didn't know, really. (laughs) And then I was that woman. I really, I didn't know. I really didn't you know, there had been a few, a few changes in his behavior leading up to that, but our life was really tense because of my son's um, medical conditions and we were under a lot of pressure. And so you can kind of play off. When there's other issues, it's sort of like, well, that's a focus. No, I know. And then I would talk to my girlfriends and they would say, oh gosh, you've got little kids. Like this is normal. Everyone feels a little disconnected or a little when your kids are little. And so I kind of just wanted to believe the best and didn't think anything was going on. So yeah, that sent me, that evening was the beginning of of a a couple year journey of, of walking that out. And it was just all the things that I never thought when you're like, when you go back to your original question of what did you dream for yourself to be? I can tell you, I never saw a single mom in that dream. I never saw a divorcee. Um, we were in ministry. So there was the humiliation and the stepping down out of leadership roles in the church. It, it was just a very, um, in addition to that, there was a lot of financial mismanagement that I didn't realize either. We were in trouble with the IRS. We were, I mean, when oh, I, I left that marriage with my three babies and and that's about it. I, well, I'm, I'm really so proud of you. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I really am because you know what? I have a girlfriend. This actually breaks me up. I have a girlfriend and a similar has a similar story. A good Christian boy. And he just rang her through, he put her through the ringer. And I have to say, like, she's with these four kids. She's such a hero to me. She's a single mom now. And one thing we always joke, my, my son was born with a lot of um, special needs with his arm. Um, he had, was born with a lot of cardio, cardiovascular issues. He's had to have over 40 surgeries. Oh. And she, she, one thing we always talk about is you don't get to choose your ministry. No. That's the funniest thing in the world, right? I want my ministry to be perfect. I'm perfect, mother. Look at me. I'm so cute. I have two kids. I'm married for 100 years. Look at me. That's my ministry. I just want to talk about that. No, no. That is not what God puts us here for. God's like, let me show you what you're going to really be a minister on. (laughs) Let me show you some things that you never saw coming because that is what you need to help people with. And that is sort of, you know, what she is dealing with and what you've got. And you just handled it with such grace and dignity. And I just admire you so much for that because that is, that is a point where you feel like, oh my gosh, has, has God like left me? Like what is going on? You know, like it's just such a low point, you know? It is, it is, um, it, 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 it was, um, and still is when I look back at my life, the lowest of all, all the points in my life, that level of, of loss and trauma and betrayal and rejection. And it's all the ugly things rolled into one lovely experience. But honestly, 
in that, not maybe in the very first moments of it, but honestly, even pretty shortly into that um, journey of being a single mom and trying to piece my life back together, God really showed up for me in an extraordinary way. Um, and I had some things that needed to be healed, even from my family of origin. And and I think in God's goodness, he brought some really special women around me during that time that spoke life and spoke hope into my heart and gave me some tools to go back and reverse engineer some things in my own heart and in my own mentalities and ways that I viewed myself. And honestly, that experience, it felt like at first a complete affirmation of every ugly lie I'd ever believed about myself. Like here it is, like every, every insecurity I've ever had incarnate. Um, but God in his goodness helped me to dismantle all of those lies. And I really walked out of the ashes of those couple years stronger and better than I ever had been before and closer to God with some amazing female friendships in my corner. And um, yeah, and so we, Mark and I, my husband now, we got set up on a blind date, if you can believe it. And um, he's just been the most amazing father to my children. He helped raise my kids. Um, he was my youngest, who I just mentioned earlier, who we just took off to college, was uh, five years old when we got married. So he was entering kindergarten when Mark and I got married and we just took him off to college. And so he's just been this am amazing paternal force in their life and um, has brought so much joy and has breathed life into old dreams of mine that I thought maybe I had had to kind of just you know, send down the river. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of a neat full circle moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What do you think the biggest lesson that you've learned? Cause there's, there's some other women listening right now. One of the things I love about this podcast is we all have those like drinking in the driveway moments, those on the floor times that nobody is immune to that. You're going to be on the floor that that happens. And I, I feel like we learn so much from those times. What do you think the biggest lesson you learned from, from that low point is? You know, one of my husband's favorite phrases, um, we like to tease him. He has a lot of Dr. Philisms. Um, but he's, <laughs> one of his favorite ones is don't waste the valley. Just don't waste the valley. None of us ever choose to be in the valley. Um, it's never a place we, any of us would say, let's go there. For the most part, we like to live on the mountaintops whenever we can. But we all, like you said, we all find ourselves in valleys throughout the course of our lifetime. I mean, my husband um, suffered the same kind of betrayal in his first marriage that I did and shortly after lost his teenage son in a motorcycle accident. And so he's really heard oh. a lot of his own loss and trauma as well. And so um, I think the thing I always like to encourage women is um, when you find yourself in the fire, like lean in. I think we tend to want to avoid those moments. We medicate, we avoid, we skirt around, we, you know, drink a lot of wine, we drink a lot of wine. We lot, watch a lot of TV. We do anything we no, can. You want to numb out. You want, you do. And I understand that. I'm not saying I've never had those nights or weeks myself, but 
the longer we do that, the longer the valley exists. And what, you know, he, he walks with a lot of people through grief. Again, you don't choose your ministry. We've walked with a lot of people through the grief of losing children or the loss of marriage because that is our ministry now. And we, so our little, one of our little phrases is like, you're, you're to journey through the valley. You don't want to set up tent. You don't want to put stakes down and make that your home. And I think what ends up happening with women or people who avoid feeling the pain of it and really grieving it and really leaning into the lessons that need to be learned and the the potential healing that's being offered to them in that moment, if they're brave enough to face into it, is that that becomes their new home. So then they spend the rest of their life being bitter and angry and frustrated and medicated and numbed out. And so the thing, the, the most gracious and generous thing anyone ever did to me was say, let me hold your hand on this journey through the valley. And on the days you feel like sitting down and making this your home, I'm going to make sure you take another step. Oh. And I don't want to see you make the valley your home. And so that is probably what I'm, I've committed my life to. And I love to me, it's an honor when someone lets you be a part of their valley moments and lets you be the one that holds their hand to make sure they don't sit down and, and set up camp there. Um, but it's you ugly. Look what you're doing. Look how you're taking that, right? For women who are in the valley with yep. breast cancer. And look what and, you're doing. And there's no bigger valley, honestly, than battling cancer. It's ugly. You're and trying it's to hard. avoid the valley for these yeah. ladies. Avoid it altogether. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're just so inspiring. I can't take it. What do you want to tell women out there who are wondering if Kavina is right for them? Like, how do they kind of start this journey with you? Like, do they do they go to your website and kind of check things out? Like, what? Because pretend you don't know anything about this. Pretend you're at the beginning of the journey again, and you're me. And so I want to go to your. I think I I think I may have dense fresh tissue. I I kind of think maybe this is what what do we need to do. Well, um, a good place to start would be our website, which is, I know you'll have this information tagged in your show notes, but kavinacare.com. And, and by the way, guys, you spell that K-V-I-N-N-A, right? K-V-I-N-N-A, it's kavinacare.com? That's correct. Okay. And Kavina is woman in Swedish. Um, I love that. It's so pretty. I love that. I think it's so pretty. And part of our vision for this as well, and why when we figured out that Kavina meant woman, is it has kind of a spa-like sound to it. And we really want the whole experience when they step through the doors of Kavina to feel different than anything else they've ever experienced in women's healthcare. We want it to be beautiful. We want it to be lovely. We want a woman to feel seen and valued and heard and that we're not going to drop them between the cracks. And if they've got questions or concerns, we're going to listen to it and, and resource them as best we can. And so um, when the name Kavina came up, I'm like, that's just beautiful. That sounds like a place I want to be. It does. It sounds um, like a spa. I'm all for this. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So anyways, we've done a really good job with the website, which just launched last week, synthesizing a lot of that information that I've spent months researching and gathering. Um, So on that website is more information about the technology itself. There's actually a webinar that they can sign up for that they can learn more about 
uh, how the screening works, um, why, how it compares to the other modalities that are in the marketplace. Um, and then there's also a, an assessment that they can take to see if they, uh, if they fall into one of these categories where they might actually need some supplemental imaging. Um, also on that page is a link to the Sonocine uh, site where other where we could help locate if they live in other parts of the country where we don't yet have a clinic. There actually is two clinics in the California area that offer this technology. Um, Dr. Kelly, who invented the machine, has a clinic in Pasadena. And then there is um, a, a gal who has a clinic in the Santa Monica area, and I can give you that information. Yes, well I want to put that in the notes. Notes. Yeah. There's okay. also a clinic. I was just down there when I took my son um, to college to Phoenix last week, but there's a clinic also in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, that also offers this technology. So if you're in that southern west southwest part of the United States, you have more access to this technology. Or they can take a vacation and go see. Or they can take a vacation. Um, but yes, that the websites where um, also our Instagram is at Kavina Care, and we will the whole month of uh, October October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're going to be sharing lots of good information for women so they can start to because really the key is education you, you you can't make an empowered decision for your health if you don't have the proper information 100%. um so you if you go to our instagram account if you visit our website there's going to be plenty of information on there and oncoming um regarding everything you would need to know to properly assess if you're somebody who might need to access this this kind of imaging. Okay, for perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, guess what time it is. It's time for the speed round. I mean, we have had our trauma and we have had our real stuff, but now we're going to have some fun. Are you ready to have some fun with me? Yes, you are. I am ready. Oh my okay, gosh. I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> it's really going to be fun. What is your cocktail or drink of choice? Oh my goodness. Okay. On a, on a boring night, it's just a good glass of full bodied red wine. That's like, my husband to a tea, by the way. Oh my goodness. But if I'm feeling a little sassy, you know, I love a good Moscow meal or a good lemon. I mean, yeah, that's, and with a slice of cucumber and some fresh mint. Oh my goodness. Let me just say you and my husband would get along perfectly. That's like his <laughs> two things. That's so funny. Um, okay. What about your mantra or quote you live by? Oh my I'm sure goodness. you have a couple of things, but, but I don't mantra. even know if I have a mantra. I need a mantra. Well, you need just to kind of did. Don't, don't waste the, don't waste the value. I think, I think I'm going to go with that because that is, that is one that I tend to share with people a lot is don't waste your valleys. Don't wait. So it's, a, it's don't waste your valleys. Yeah. Okay. Don't waste your valleys. I'm writing that down because I think that's probably going to be the episode title. Um, <laughs> What simple thing do you do for yourself, like a self-care tip that we could do? Oh my goodness. I mean, besides the glass of red wine, um, I'm a serious bather. I, I, we just built a new house, which I'm, I feel so blessed. It's the first home I've ever built. And Mark said, I put more thought into the bathtub than any. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sounds totally normal. I mean, it has a gorgeous chandelier over it. I wired uh, in a TV. There's a little ledge for my glass of wine. No. There's a to hold my book. Oh, yeah. When he sees me heading to the bathroom, he's like, see you in an hour. Like, I... For sure. But I mean, I love all the salts and the bubbles and the 
essential oils, oh, I take it to next level. But if I've really had a hard day and I just need to take a breath and have some alone time, that's, I head to the bathtub for sure. <laughs> Let me say that sounds fantastic. I love that you have really put that much into that bathtub. I love it so much. It's pretty pathetic. I don't know what that says about me. No, I, I love, listen, that says you care about your self-care and that's what you need. You're doing warrior woman work. You need a lot of self-care. Let me just say, and you shouldn't just be doing it on a bad day. You should probably do it every day because you've got a lot of stuff to do. Um, what makes you feel unstoppable? You know, I would say it's my girlfriends. I, I think we all, all of us, you know, who are risk takers and are willing to kind of put yourself out there beyond what you feel like you're capable of achieving. We all have those days where we're like, what in the world am I doing? I'm so in over my head. I'm not qualified. I'm too old. I'm, I mean, all the things. And it's those days that it's my girlfriends who look me in the eye and they're like, you were made for this. You were made for this. You've got this. You go get them. And they like pick me up and pat me on the back, pour me a glass of wine. And I, I think we all need people like that in our corner who, because even the most, un, I mean, none of us are unstoppable. I mean, we're, we all have our limitations and it's just those people who are willing to kind of walk us through those moments of fear and insecurity to help us keep moving along in our dreams and the things God has called us to are just, I don't know how I would have done any of my life without that. Yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, that's how this podcast was even born. I had, I had a girlfriend who was like, you really need a podcast. I'm like, what's a podcast? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Um, but yes, girlfriends are everything. Um, who do you most admire? Uh, you know, I know this is cheesy answer, but it's probably my husband. I could just start crying. I just have watched what he's walked through in his life and the amount of, you know, like the people who ha would have every excuse to have sat down and given up or been bitter or angry. And you just look at how open and vulnerable and willing to serve and continue to give despite setbacks. And I just, he, he really inspires me. He walks his life out with such integrity that I, most days I'm like, I'm not worthy, <laughs> but I just, I admire him. I just really, truly. And I, I think you really know someone when you live with them and um, he really does walk out such a, a life of integrity. And I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> I mean, but so amazing. You found each other. I'm so happy for you. Um, what's exciting you the most right now. Oh my goodness. Well, it has to be Kavina. Yeah. Opening in January. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think we're all ready for the whole COVID thing to be over and, oh my God. To be over and all the, all the crazy in our world. And so for me, this has been such a bright spot of something that feels hope filled and I'm excited and I'm Every day, my my day is full where I'm talking to people and meeting new people and hearing people's stories, and it just solidifies the reason I'm doing this. And so, yeah, I would have to say I'm just so excited for the clinic. In fact, later this afternoon, I get to go do my first walkthrough of the space, and the contractors yeah. are getting in there, and we're going to start making that thing beautiful. And um, I just, it's just amazing to watch it actually to go from a Google search in my pajamas one, one weird Wednesday morning in March in the middle of COVID to actually seeing this thing take shape is just beyond me. I can't even, I can't even really wrap my head around what God has done in the six months that I've been working on this and the women he's, he's assembled. I, it isn't just me. I have to tell you, I've got 
um, some partners who are willing to help bootstrap this thing alongside with me. And they're passionate about seeing women's lives saved. I've got, you know, Becky doing the marketing. I've got, I mean, I've just got this Becky for podcasting. We love Becky. And it's just woman after woman who are just so talented and gifted are saying, let us help you. And I just have the privilege of getting to be a part of this amazing team um, of women who are helping me bring this into the world. It's so exciting. And I just, I cannot thank you enough for coming today. Like I was so excited to talk about this and I hope this podcast literally goes viral and people take this all over the place or want to open their own clinic and talk to you. Like I'll put your information on there too, but I am just so so honored that you did this, that you've been on this journey. I'm so proud of you, all the things you've done. I mean, it's just insane what you've been able to do in six months. And it just shows you the power of your passion and your faith. And, oh, I just, I love you. Oh, Liz, thank you. You're going to make me cry. We can't end this podcast. We're going to end crying. That's what we do. This is what this podcast is for. We laugh and we cry. That's what we do. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. You made my first podcast. I couldn't, I can't imagine a better experience. Love you already. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you guys for joining me today for the laughter and the tears and everything. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. Remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.